Welcome to day 23 of Uncaping, Unmasking, and Unhiding. You are rocking with aunties, <laughs> Cheryl and Natty, on the Shade the Strong podcast, because Natty always saying we aunties. Yeah, because we not grandmamas. We not babysitters, and we not grandmama, and we not y'all's mama, so we calling ourselves aunties. <laughs> so you are rocking with Auntie Cheryl and Natty on the Shades of Strong podcast, where we are working to dismantle the myths and the stereotypes of the strong Black woman by creating safe and sacred spaces for Black women to uncape, unmasking, and hide so that they can be whatever shade of strong that feels right for them. What's up, Nat? What's going on, girl? How are you today? I'm doing pretty good today. Thank you very much for asking. <laughs> Come, you're welcome. So guys, today we are continuing our conversation on Mary Jane Paul. Yesterday we gave you a brief over, overview of who she is, kind of like give you a look into what her life looked like. We talked about her cape and her mask, the rescuer and perfectionism. And today we're going to be talking about her kryptonite, the thing that weakens her, the thing that will ultimately, does the kryptonite kill Superman? I don't know, girl. But anyway. The thing it that, weakens it. It can, yeah, the I thing, think. The thing that weakens her. So that's what we're going to be thinking of, talking about today. And so, Nat, it's been a long time since I started out with you. What do you think her kryptonite is? Oh, well, okay. So her kryptonite is this, maybe it's this need to be needed. We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. And you were explaining to me, because this is one that I'm not, super familiar with all just to full disclosure i didn't i didn't watch the show so but you were just you were explaining to me that with her relationships when stuff would go bad she would get love bombed and i was like oh yeah that's like when people basically shower you with affection you're like yeah they these dudes would be like yeah that, that's basically what they would be doing in an attempt to get her to stay and she would do it and then you also described her family her feeling that way toward her family too. Like she, she has to be there for them. There's a sense of obligation. So that sense of obligation, sometimes it, it's, it's born of guilt and maybe sometimes it's, it isn't, it's born of a, this need that a person may have to be needed. And so when they feel like they are needed, that helps them feel important or that, or they have a sense of importance or that they're just something about their self-worth as, as someone who is, whose presence is needed or whose help or whatever is needed. That's something that's that they need for themselves. So I'm not sure if it's guilt or an actual need on her part to be needed. You could probably speak more to that, but either way, just from what you were saying, it sounds like maybe that's her kryptonite. Like, Oh, this, he needs me. They need me. So I'm going to be there because I'm the rescuer. Yeah. The rescuer. I think it's a combination of all of those things, I think, number one, she has trouble saying no. Well, she doesn't, Mary Jane doesn't necessarily have trouble saying no. She'll say no, but then she'll eventually cave in because of like you, you were saying the guilt that comes with it. This is what mm -hmm. I'm supposed to do as the daughter, the sister, the aunt, all the things, the, the friend. And so she'll eventually cave in because she feels guilty for not doing whatever they need her to do at that time. So I think 
that's a part of the kryptonite. And I think, like you were just saying, to her being love bombed by the men in, in, in her life, because when she decides to walk away, in more cases than not, they'll come back and then they'll proclaim their love. And here's why we need to be together. And then she'll start thinking mm-hmm. about it. And she's like, you know what? It really wasn't a bad relationship. So she'll end up going back. And then there's the mm-hmm. whole, like you were saying, I do feel like she feels like I need to be needed. When we go and pull back some more layers of her, we're probably going to discover that she needs that more than they need her to do it. At least that's what I think. I don't really know for sure, mm-hmm. but we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah, we should definitely see. So when I was thinking about Mary Jane, I think most of us watching Mary Jane looked at her and thought, like I said in yesterday's episode, she's got her shit together because she's financially stable. And we were probably mm-hmm. She should be happy. And we're looking at her and we're like, oh, she's successful. She's financially stable. She's financially stable. She's got the house. She's got the career. And we're just looking at her like, yeah, she really does have her shit together. But success for Mary Jane looked different from the way I think it looks for most of us. For me, when I think about success, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is financial stability. But mm-hmm. perhaps when Mary Jane thinks about success, it's more about the love. Yeah. Even though she has the career, the house, all the things, her success won't be complete until she gets the love. Mm-hmm. I think that's a part of her kryptonite is that she's always in search of, air quotes, the perfect love because again, she's the perfectionist and she's looking for the perfect career, the perfect love. She's looking for the perfect family. Everything in her life has to be picture perfect. So in her search for the perfect love, she often ends up in these unhealthy and dysfunctional relationships, she'll leave and she'll end up coming back because these men come in and they and they just pour all this love out on her. And she's like, okay, yeah, I can stay a little longer. So she ends up settling for a lot of things in her life. Love is the one thing that she cannot seem to get right. And I think she wanted that more than she actually wanted the career. Mm, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. As you were describing describing this, I was thinking about how so many of us do this whole, if we've been in that situ- in this situation, yeah, I'll go back because this person's changing or I can change this person. And if I can do that, then everything will be great. And yeah, it will end up being this picture perfect thing. But also this person is changing or I can change them. The whole I can change them piece, that also speaks to needing to be needed. So that totally makes sense that you were saying that they're always saying whatever they need to say for her to come back. And then she ends up saying, oh, well, all right, because maybe somewhere in the back of her mind, she's like, "Okay, well, this is a start because this means that things will be different and I can change this person and mold it into this perfect love that I want because this person needs me. Yeah. When I think about Mary Jane, I think a lot about myself. Oh, that's right. I did get her, though, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. I, did. I think a lot about myself <laughs> because she desperately wants the thing that she's pouring in to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She wants to be wanted. Like you were saying, she wants to be needed. She wants to be nurtured. She wants to be seen. She wants to be heard. Those are the things that are missing from her life. And so she's constantly seeking those things and in her seeking she settles yeah in her seeking she ends up settling because most of the people in her life 
they only want her when it's convenient for them. They only need her when it's convenient for them. They only nurture her when it's convenient for for them. So although it looks like she's getting those things, she's really not because it's not Mm -hmm. consistent and it's not constant in her life. If this man is on a break with his wife, now he wants her. If he's still in a relationship with his wife and things are rocky, he wants her. So Mm -hmm. everything that she was getting from them was always still centered on their need. And so she was never fully getting what she needed. And what she needed. She wasn't, Mary Jane wasn't being nurtured by anyone. So she she Mm -hmm. desperately desired that the rescuer in her felt like I have to do this nurturing for my people because again, she feels like she's got to fix and she's got to rescue. She's got to save. She's got to do these things. Cue her Mm -hmm. sister Nisi. Mm -hmm. Here Nisi is, she became a mother as a teenager. She has two children by two different men. Throughout the series, you'll see that she's not consistently in relationship with either of them. They pop in and out here and there throughout the series. And so Mary Jane is always trying to fix her. She gives her these lectures and she's like, Nisi, you need to be doing this and you need to be doing, you know, trying to get her to mm-hmm. get to a better place in her life. So that's not her responsibility to do that. And then she's taking care of her mom who's living with lupus, all of those things. And even her dad, remember yesterday, I was like, I don't know her dad depended on her like the others did, but in a way he kind of did. From my recollection, you'll see where her dad is maybe sort of falling into de- into depression because the mom is ill. And so mm. because he, he may be falling into depression, she's always in that space where she's trying to comfort him and encourage him, you know, to kind of feel, you know, a little encouraged about the fact that the mom does have lupus. And I remember one time, I think this probably was in the original movie, though, because I remember them sitting outside on the porch and he was saying that he wished she would die because he didn't want her mm. to suffer anymore. Imagine hearing your dad say that about your mom, although she probably could understand where he was coming from. She probably felt the need. Okay, I need to fix what he's feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All of that combined into her inability to say no and stand in her no. I think all of those things combined is her kryptonite. Wow. Dang, yeah. that like a lot. Well, it is a lot because... It's like the ultimate shrinking. There is nothing that you are doing in your day-to-day that is truly for you. There is absolutely nothing happening in your day-to-day that is truly for your benefit, for your well-being. Mm-hmm. I'll say for your well-being as opposed to for your benefit because while benefit is a benevolent term to me, it can also still, I can see how it could carry still some negative connotations that lead more towards selfishness, but for your own well-being, for you to actually be well, that's a, I think that's a better term. When you're going through your day-to-day and everything going on is ultimately for someone else's well-being and your well-being is never addressed at all, but yet you're alive and you're functioning, you're breathing and walking through the day, that's about as shrunk as you can get without being, I don't know, a prisoner of some sort. And that's really sad when you were talking about the dynamic with her family and how she feels like, oh, I need to fix this for this person. That also spoke to me as well, because in certain points in my life, I have felt the need to try and be a, you know, that kind of fixer. And I was thinking about it and I realized, oh, this is because in those moments, 
I didn't think I had any real power. So if the shoe were on the the other foot, I would want someone to fix things for me Mm -hmm. because I didn't realize my own power and agency at the time. And so what I thought I was doing was, you know, what my mom always taught me, treat others the way you want to be treated. We've been taught, you know, you reap what you sow. So sow good things and you'll reap those things. So I thought, well, if I do these things for this person, then eventually when I need it, they'll do it for me. And I think that is an extremely flawed idea. First of all, because we see how it actually doesn't even play out like that in real life. It never plays out like that in real life. The stuff that you're doing for someone else, very rarely do they turn around and do the same things for you. And it's not that they're being wrong or they're being horrible people. It's that they're different people. What they actually need might not be the same thing that you need. So you doing these things for them because that's what you would need in the situation doesn't mean that they would do that for you because that's not what they would actually need. So if everyone's thinking that way, then everyone's treating people the way, giving the people what they themselves would need. Again, it's very much, it's, it's a lot more selfish than we think. And so it never works. It never actually works. Instead of thinking about, oh, I'm going to do for others what I would want them to do for me, especially if I haven't articulated what that is to anyone. I need to find out, A, what does that other person need? And am I able to help with that? And B, and even more important, what is it that I actually need? And am I willing to articulate that to other people? I love that you said that because I can't recall if it was in, we may have been still talking about, I don't remember, but anyway, we talked a lot about cultivating self-worth. And even in doing my own work, you know, you talked about how treat others the way you want to be treated um you reap what you sow but in doing and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that line of thinking but what i'm learning to do in doing my own work is to love myself the way i treat love that's where the healing starts because imagine if mary jane had poured into herself as much as she poured into others imagine if she had loved herself the way she wanted to be loved by man. Then she wouldn't have ended up settling you know, for the things that she settled for. Imagine if she had nurtured herself or air quotes tried to fix herself the way she tried to fix others. I think I can say with confidence that her life would have looked different. From the outside looking in, it looks like she's confident and she's secure. She's happy, but when you begin to pull back the layers, even in some scenes, you know, and again, we'll dig into this deeper, you'll see where she self-medicates, you know, with alcohol because, you know, she really doesn't have the picture-perfect life, but from the outside looking in, she does. But imagine, just for a moment, if we loved ourselves the way we dream of being loved. Yeah. I feel like we had this conversation before. Oh, yeah, we did. When the recollection question was, uh, I mean, the reflection question was, uh, what would it look like to have an intimate relationship with yourself? Yes, that's what it oh, was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was one of our reflection questions. I can't, I, in my mind, I, was, I feel like I've said this before. But yeah, but imagine what it would look like if we really loved ourselves the way we dream of being loved. How would our lives look different? Even when it comes to our children, if we loved ourselves the way we dream of being loved, will we parent differently? 
all of these things that we've been talking about over the last, what, 23 days, 24 days, I don't know. But anyway, mm-hmm. all these things that, we, that we've been talking about, I think all of it goes back to loving ourselves the way we want to be loved by others. And if we could learn to do that, if it could become the normal for us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. imagine how differently our lives would look. Imagine going to bed being at peace. Imagine yeah. waking up being truly happy without constantly yeah. having to reaffirm ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Oh, what a great yeah. feeling that would be. Jesus. <laughs> it would be amazing. Yeah. It would be so would. amazing if Mary Jane poured into order to herself like she poured into everyone else. How different would her life have looked? Maybe she could have had the Air Force picture perfect life. She at least would have had a whole, a life of wholeness that looked very healthy. Absolutely. Because let's be real, nobody's life is ever going to be picture perfect. No, absolutely not. Unless you are the one defining what perfect is. That's the only way. Mm-hmm. No. that's the trap that we fall into we're always li- trying to live up to other people's definition of what a thing is we are so good yeah. at that we, fought, we, we we live our lives to fall into the definition of what helping people looks like what nurturing people looks like what being there for them looks like what does it look like for you yeah, we, we, we hold ourselves up to these arbitrary standards that very rarely have been set by us, ourselves. They've always been set by someone else. And then we're miserable because we can't measure up to those standards. And the gag is no one else can either, even the people that set them. They're not measuring up to those standards. They're just using those standards as a way to project their own harmful behavior onto other people and say, oh, look at them. Look at what they're doing wrong. Well, they've been doing it from day, from the jump. So yeah, really defining defining for ourselves what what wholeness really is, what normal is, and even you know if you want to use the term perfect, I, 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 adorning yourself with the proverbial mask and cape didn't miraculously happen the moment you became an adult. More likely than not, there's a history of trauma dating back to childhood that left you feeling rejected, abandoned, betrayed, and angry those emotions don't automatically resolve themselves. As a little black girl, the thing you needed the most was to be seen, heard, nurtured, protected, and loved without condition. When those needs aren't met, you don't get the skills needed to do life as the real you from an emotionally healthy place. If you find yourself in this episode and are ready to start your journey to healing, please consider joining us in the Sister Circle of Healing a 12-week virtual experience for Black women to gather in a safe and sacred space for healing, connection, and transformation. Join us now at shadesofstrong.com forward slash SOS circle. If it's something that, as long as it isn't bringing harm to other people and it's not bringing harm to yourself, I think it's a fair standard to make and it's a fair standard for you to, to define for yourself. And like you said, if you can wake up every morning and feel okay, like, like I feel all right. And 
you're not constantly having to reaffirm yourself. It doesn't mean that you're never affirming yourself because when you're in a, when you're in a relationship, yeah, you need affirmation. You just don't need it every minute of the day, you know, because you, you have a sense of security. There's that sense of security. Again, imagine feeling, waking up and feeling like you have that sense of security and it's a sense of security that you built for yourself and you, you operate out of that sense of security. And so you, that, that looks like you operating out of, of love for yourself. And it, it translates to you being kind toward, to other people, you know, um, that's, and I don't think it's super hard to imagine because I don't think it's hard to implement. It's just um, something that we haven't necessarily been taught that we need to implement. That's what this podcast is for. That's what we've been talking about the whole time, learning to love yourself, learning to appreciate and have compassion for yourself, learning to look at yourself as a whole human being, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because all of us have that good and bad and ugly learning to look at ourselves and not feel like, oh, we've got to quote unquote fix ourselves, learning to look at ourselves in the moment and really appreciate and love ourselves in any given moment, warts and all. That's um, just hard to implement. I feel like it's harder to, to implement than it is necessarily hard to do once you get into the habit of doing it. But that's, that's what's, what's important here. And then, yeah, we're not settling for all of these. Absolutely these very less than situations for ourselves, these very, these relationships, they're just very mid, you know, all that stuff. We're not settling for that. So reflection. I think what we should reflect on is, okay, so we've said that our kryptonite is saying no without, without eventually caving in to be loved and the need to be nurtured or her need to be needed and need to be wanted or somehow, however we say our kryptonite is saying no without you visually caving in, I think. And so I think a good reflection question is, when did you learn that putting others before you was the air quotes right thing to do? <laughs> right. Because right. when we eventually cave in, that's what we're saying, is it not? We're saying that what you need is more important than what I need. That's what we're saying. Because here Mary Jane is, she said no to Nisi. Let's just use Nisi for an example. She said no to Nisi, but then she goes home and she thinks about it and she and she's like, oh my gosh. She didn't really say this, but I'm just saying, like in her mind, these are probably the thoughts that, that are going on. Why did I say no? You know, and so eventually she gives in. When did you learn? that putting the needs of others before yours was the right thing to do. I think that's the good reflection question. Where did you learn that? And how was the message relayed to you? Where did you learn that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's a, that's a good reflection question because I think, uh, yeah, that's a thing that we've all been taught. Um, and if I'm being honest, it's been to our detriment because we've been constantly putting other people's comfort ahead of our own. And yeah, it leads to that ultimate shrinking of oneself. So yeah, this is definitely a thing that needs to be fully dismantled as, as a thought process or a mindset. And when you're reflecting on the question, I know it's so easy to just say surface level, 
we really don't want to go back in childhood and try and uncover these things and see where the things come, where the things came from, because then that means that perhaps our parents didn't do something air quotes right, but they did what their parents did, and they did what their parents did, and they did what their parents. It's generational. So, like I say, you know, we've said a number of times, we're not here to point blame and shame on our oh, parents. Definitely not. That's not what this is about. This is really about your healing, and so don't. Be afraid to go below the surface. Like, really think about where you first learned this. Mm-hmm. That's where all the stuff is at. It's below the surface. That's, that's <laughs> where it all is. So don't be afraid to go below the surface because not only is there where all the stuff is, but that's also where you're healing lies. So yeah, and speaking of healing, mm-hmm. yeah, Natty and I would love to see you in our sister circle of healing, where we can be, where we can continue this work because right now. We're talking about it and you're thinking about it and you probably become aware of some of the things that, that you learned and and, you, and perhaps you're at a point where you're like, oh yeah, you know what, I really do need to un- unlearn some things. And so, yeah, those are some of the things that we're going to work on in the Sister Circle of Healing. So join us. Yes, please do join us. We would love to have you there. The link to the Sister Circle will be in the, heal- in the show notes of this episode along with the link to our uh, Facebook community where we would love to have conversation with you <laughs> about these episodes. We would love for you to pop in there and show some, share some of your aha moments with us. Like what came up for you when you when you reflected on that question? What came up from you? And nobody's going to judge you because that's not what we do. Oh God, we don't no. no, we don't do that. We're not judging you. That's people. not what we do around here. Uh-uh. We don't do that around here. So yeah, hop into the group. We'll leave the Leave the link in the show notes of this episode. Yeah. What you got, Nat? Before we wrap it up. What do you have, Natty? I don't think I have anything. I think that's, we've talked a good bit. <laughs> there's a lot, like I was saying when in the intro episode, there's a lot with this character. There's actually a lot of really deep shit with this character. And I'm like, oh God, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking it was going to be this deep. <laughs> there's just a lot to talk about. Will we get through it all? I don't know but we probably will in the sister circle. So yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, that's it. That's day 23. Again, think about the reflection question. Don't be afraid to go below the surface and really dig deep to find out where you, where you learned that your need had to take the back burner. So yeah. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with day 24.